We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Rotoviz Overtime Dynasty Reanimators. That's what we are back to talk about today. We had our rookie draft this week. We are well on our way through it. The first three rounds are completed. We're into round four. But we, Sean, as people would have expected, have made quite a number of moves in those rounds, which means that the picks that we had, the picks that we used, the players that we acquired, there's a number of different things to talk through on this episode of the show. And I'm really looking forward to it because... I know you talked with Ben earlier this week on Stealing Bananas. We're going to talk some of our strategies here, but it is great to have a team that we've been talking about over the last couple of months. We bring it through. We have the draft picks. We talk about the importance of trying to load up on those draft picks, and then we make those moves in the draft. And that includes trading veterans for rookie picks to get a a rookie wide receiver. It includes trading three picks away to pick up a now veteran second year running back. There's lots of things to go on. So, this is going to be pretty fun. I'm really excited to go through it. How are you as we continue our journey through rookie draft season? Awesome. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. It uh, I, When the clock starts rolling in all of these leagues on Saturday, I mean, that's like Christmas morning. And so, <laughs> Colin, I, I love this league that we have together. I have the five other TriFlex leagues and because of accumulating a lot of picks, then we're on the clock a lot. I was chatting with Monty last night, and he said, it seems like we've just been on the clock the entire week. And Monty and I are now up to, I think, 29 players in a format where eventually we'll have to cut back down to 20. So we have been on the clock a lot. Obviously, you only have 16 going into the draft because of the previous cut down. So we've already made 13 picks in that draft. I think that overall, there have been 16 <laughs> trades many many picks and Colin, you and i are in the situation we're sort of early on in this reanimating process and so we don't have the same number of selections as is the case in some of these leagues but because we made some trades pre-draft we did have more than we started with we came in with the 11th pick in each of the rounds We moved that around quite a bit to add multiple picks in rounds two and three. 
But then, as you mentioned, we made some trades as the draft got going. So let's jump in here, kind of looking at it from the beginning. And not surprisingly, the first two selections were Bijan Robinson and Anthony Richardson. The second pick there was the pick for JJ and his partner. So they went with Richardson. We don't want to give too much away, but it's a an OT listener and really a subscriber who have the third pick in this draft column as we were kind of you know, chatting with different people throughout the week. That was one of the things that we learned is that's always really fun when you're in drafts with sort of fellow RVers and, and OTers. That is obviously perfect. So they made what is a somewhat controversial overall, but obviously the pick that the OT community is in, you know, for the most part, not to say that like every listener <laughs> rubber stamps this as well, but they went with Jameer Gibbs, the fourth pick CJ Stroud, fifth pick Bryce Young. So a little bit of a, an unusual flip there with Stroud going first. But again, I think that's very justified. Danny, who did a fantastic job on the shows earlier this week, talked about having Stroud potentially ahead of Young, thinking that was very justified, not necessarily guaranteed but that you could have it in that order the sixth pick again no surprise jackson smith and jigba and then i think around pick seven is where it starts to get interesting it does get interesting so jordan addison is the pick at seven and that's where we got prompted and sean to starting to to think about should we make a move at this point that meant that quentin johnson was still available obviously depending on people's needs well levis was there dalton kincaid was there this is tight end premium but we make the move sean to move up for quentin johnson we had some back and forth in our trade discussions on that number eight pick but it came back with a straight offer for trail on works for the 108 which then basically means that you're trading in our minds here trail on works for uh quentin johnson so that is the move we made and to take it a step back further sean look at the overall strategy from where we started you mentioned there a moment ago that we did trade the 111 we had the 111 we traded it back for the 203, the 210, along with our 311 and 405 and picked up the 303. So that was a 111, the 311, the 405 for the 203, the 210, and the 303. That was a week ago. We talked about that on the, the previous show. But the reason I bring that up is we moved out of the first round at that point. So then to move back into the first round, we had to give up something. And the, the deal was to give up a trail on works. The other part of that is we did start this team, Sean, as we turn it into an image of what we have and, and this is a player that we really want to have is Jalen Waddle. we did trade him away for Jerry Judy and Traylon Burke so basically that trade now becomes Jalen Waddle for Jerry Judy in the 108 which then becomes Jerry Judy and Quentin Johnson how do you feel now looking through the steps of where we started off with the I guess the, the 111 moving back out but also the side of things where we move from Jill and Waddle to the Jerry Judy and Quentin Johnson pick now. And the other part, I guess, for people listening and they're probably wondering, you know, there's players they might want to trade up for. We talked a lot about the, the superpower of trading back and we did that from the 111 spot. But Quentin Johnson, Sean, is a player who we certainly felt it was worth making the trade up here to, to add to that wide receiver room. We did. And there are a variety of pieces involved with this from the big picture, as you mentioned. But as I pull up my full dynasty rankings from the site, updated post-draft, and there'll be another new update uh, coming within the next four or five days, almost certainly, as we continue to get 
New pieces of information, a few additional free agent signings. You get a chance to kind of let yourself sit with the draft for a while and maybe correct overreactions that you had, you know, within that first 72 hours, week, what have you. But looking at my rankings, I have Quentin Johnston as the wide receiver 22, Traylon Burks as the wide receiver 26. These guys, obviously, they're in the same basic range. I don't think this is a no brainer by any stretch. I think it made perfect sense in terms of a trade where we liked Johnston a little better. The other manager liked Burks a little better. When you have those opportunities, you want to go ahead and take them. One-for-one one trades are not necessarily easy because you do have to have a situation where obviously the two managers have the values at least a little bit flipped. That doesn't happen maybe as much as it might seem, but it does occur here. We like the move. Johnston, somebody who doesn't already have a little bit of a checkered NFL background with the disappointing rookie season. And he's going to be in a much better situation here with the quarterback. When you think about him landing with Justin Herbert and contrast that with Traylon Burks, where Burks is now in that situation where he has Ryan Tannehill to start, and then they're probably going to go through the stretch where they try out Will Levis. If you've listened to a lot of the guests on OT, if you talk to Stefan, if you talk to Travis May, then you know that at the very least there are questions about Levis, and there's probably going to be a difficult transition there. Now, Burks is very good. He is almost certainly going to have a huge slice of the pie, a bigger slice than Johnston will have with the Chargers. We still like him. If we didn't still like it, we wouldn't have made that previous trade that you mentioned where we move off of Jalen Waddle for Judy and Burks. So Judy and Johnston now, Judy's in there at wide receiver 13 for me. That's the middle of the third round if you're looking at startup values. Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver five. So I really have him very high. That's ahead of Jameer Gibbs, who we liked as the 102 in this rookie draft. It's ahead of A.J. Brown. For me, there's a tier with those receivers that sort of goes to wide receiver seven, which would be Jackson Smith and Jigba. And, or really one more slot than that, I should say, to T. Higgins. We used to go through wide receiver eight. That's about the 209 in startup value. And then I think we get a new tier where we get to the Olave Amon Ra, Devontae Smith, Tyreek Hill, Jerry Judy area. So you're dropping down a tier to get those guys. It is meaningful, but if we can get a two for one like we did and have two different ways to win, and most importantly, stay young with it, where Judy could be a guy who really emerges this year, Johnson could be a guy who emerges over the next 18 months. And when you look at Waddle and where he's valued, it's going to be difficult to get much higher than that. So that doesn't mean that that's a problem. And one of the things about having guys who can't really go any higher is that you're talking about a foundation player for your team. And ideally, even though they don't rise, they stick at that spot for the next six, seven years. And that's how you build out this dynasty. But Colin, I am very excited about how these trades progressed. And it does give our team a little bit more flexibility. Yeah, I think looking back in hindsight, obviously the real hindsight will be two or three years from now when you can look back and fully see how these things play out. But the draft and the trades are a huge part of the fun of Dynasty, and uh, we've had a lot of fun making those selections. So hopefully then they are also going to, to work out in the long run for us. But we take Quentin Johnson there, then the players that I already mentioned, you touched on a few of them. Will Levis goes next, then we have Dalton Kincaid. Zay Flowers, uh, Devin Akane goes, and then we get into the second round. We're looking at Kendry Miller, Zach Charbonnet goes. That leads us, Sean, to the 203. And so far in this draft, for all the picks that we did have and set ourselves up, 
we have only actually picked at our draft spot on two occasions this was one of those said occasions we did have a little bit of a discussion on which tight end we may go for here there was a couple of players in play but really it felt like it was between the two tight ends and sam laporta and michael mayer we had a great discussion when danny was on last week talking about the tight end position on the second episode that he appeared on last wednesday's edition we went with sam laporta there was some i, I couldn't fully tell sean if, if you wanted to go the michael mayer route but i thought there was the chance for the instant impact for laporta i like the situation he's landed in we talked with danny as well about the likes of jameson williams missing out on those opening games who is also on this roster which may not be good for our team sean from that perspective but there was some other players in the mix bingo was there tyshe spears then marvin mims all players who are going in that zone so you've kind of two wide receivers two tight ends and a running back that were available options who kind of would make sense at the the 203 we go with laporta and hindsight happy with that did you want laporta or did you want mayor that's a question that that i'm asking myself here well one of the things that transpired through these rookie drafts and will be one of the focal points of the article that i have kind of wrapping it all together is that i ended up with a ton of laporta and a ton of mayor and so i'll be rooting for both of those guys zero dalton kincaid and the reason for that is not any kind of full fade on kincaid but just you do have a price difference and i mean you and i traded from the 111 to the 203 and the 210 we wouldn't still have been in position to draft Kincaid. So that would be my question for you is if Kincaid had made it to the 111, would you then have regretted this trade? The big picture strategy or approach that I have to rookie drafts sort of across all years. And then you obviously make adjustments in any specific year to make sure you're getting the most out of that specific draft. So we don't want to be rigid in our thinking, but the template that we kind of bring in as the starting point is that if you have picks in the top two, three, four, you're going to get that superstar running back. If you have picks in that five through 12 range, you're going to load up on those foundation receivers. If you have picks in round two and there are superstar tight ends with, in terms of the potential, obviously these guys haven't played it down in the NFL yet, but you're going to take those guys in round two. And then you wrap back and you're going to try and create as many picks as possible in round two. So if you have guys that you like, like a Mims or a Rice or a Kendra Miller, I think is somebody that I actually got zero of, but is an excellent pick in the middle of round two. So you take that. And then in round three, you're really trying to load up with those running backs who fell and get that depth, not expecting those guys necessarily to hit, but that there's a lot of contingency based value with them. So looking at it from that perspective, Kincaid becomes a little bit expensive in the first round when you have two very similar plays in round two. We say very similar plays, but we do know that all of these potential outcomes are going to collapse to a specific outcome as these guys' careers go along. And it could be that the specific outcome here is that Kincaid is a star. The other two guys are more or less you know, people you fill into your starting tight end spot, but they're not difference makers for you. If that happens, then we'll lose at least that portion of the way that we played this. What are your thoughts here about the trade down? Flowers was the guy who went in our original spot. A-Chain went one spot below him. The running backs actually went pretty early in this draft, which is sort of interesting compared to ADP and most of the rest of my draft. So with A-Chain, Miller, Charbonnet there, and Charbonnet somebody who was going around that range. But we have the choice of both Laporta and Mayer. 
Mims and Rice probably would have been sort of the next potential guys. And Colin, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but there was a big trade then coming with the 210 and 211 that we had in part because of trades and in part because the 211 was our pick. But coming back around to the 303, the huge disappointment for us here was that Rice, a player who went actually at the 111 in one of my drafts, was pretty consistently in the middle of round two and was definitely a target for us. He goes at the 302 in this draft, and we had the 303. Now, another player fell as well, and so that was a, a decent consolation prize. But round two, a lot of surprises in this particular draft. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, there was a lot of surprises. And that's one thing that we touch on from time to time is every draft is going to be different. There is always going to be those surprises pulled up and happening and same when you mentioned with the 108 the selection for us today quentin johnson versus trail on you know manager in every league is going to have slightly different values so there's always those little kind of intricacies to add into it you mentioned first at the 111 if we had a stayed it, it would have been very disappointing to, to miss out on kincaid there my thought process on the 111 at the time was that i would like to get one of these tight ends and i thought that with that trade there's probably going to be one of them there at the 203 and our situation here there was two of them available so we had our selection i even joked with you before that draft pick that i kind of felt like it had been an easier selection a bit like you mentioned with having a lot of laporte and mayor if one of them had went at the 202 you don't have a big decision to make but we took laporta in that situation I agree with everything you said on Kincaid in terms of the price. Obviously, in terms of who I expect long-term, probably to have the best career out of these guys, I, I would imagine it's Kincaid. I do have some concerns entering this year how much of that immediate impact we will see. I know Dawson Knox isn't our favorite tight end to, to target in drafts and so on, but you know this is somebody coming off 48 receptions last year, 500 yards, six touchdowns. The year previous had nine touchdowns. So he's going to be used in the red. He's not just going to disappear completely out of this offense there is somebody to work beyond you're still going to have digs there there's a lot of talent still in this offense so i 
I don't know how clear that path is to to just go in and, and take over at a, a high rate of snaps at the tight end position. I, I expect him to be in there, but I don't think it's going to be a case where he outproduces those guys in all scenarios immediately. So I, I was happy to trade back initially from the 111, hoping that we would have the option at one of the tight ends there. There was obviously the, the running back options that you mentioned. You know, in most scenarios, you're going to have some of the tight ends or some of those running backs there and available. We also had Marvin Mims, who could have been a, a selection for us. So I felt like we won't get our priority selection at that point, but I also felt like the value was there to see who falls because generally like we're going to talk about in the third round somebody is going to slide through and you're going to be able to make those selections i I also and i don't know if you felt the same way i felt kincaid wasn't going to be there at the 111 Uh, i thought he was likely to be drafted before that which did turn out to be the case so if he had lasted one more spot would have been disappointed but i do think that we're probably on the clock sean trying to see who wants him more than us and, and probably trading back are you are you of the same opinion that we probably weren't going to draft Kincaid unless it was a case that we were on the clock and he was the player available at the 111 because between the rest of the players who go in those next four picks, Flowers, uh, Akean, Miller and Charbonnet, I would much rather have Kincaid, but I also would be trying to move back to pick up some of those additional you know, resources. Yeah, I just don't have much of a gap at all with the tight ends. We didn't think that Kincaid was going to make it to us, which was the reason that we did the trade pre-draft as a st- as opposed to during the draft. Now, one of the things that did happen here was the 110 was traded for the 112 and the 205. Yeah, so that's that a lot nice more bit. value, obviously, yeah. than we got for the We were the jealous of that, Sean. We were we jealous were, of that trade. Yeah. You have to understand that there's, in all likelihood, going to be a tier break. And so the tier break was after the 110 in this particular draft, which is why he got so much for it. And you know, if you're after the tier break, you're not going to get as much. In this particular case, too, you mentioned you weren't sure that he would have that value right away. I guess I almost look at it as I kind of don't think that Kincaid is the the best pick long-term either. I would think that okay. Laporta and Mayer probably are. We hear a lot about Kincaid being used as more of a wide receiver than a tight end. If that's the case in the Buffalo offense, then maybe that unlocks him to a fast start. But the other thing that I would caution people, and it's again, not to say don't, roster Kincaid or don't draft him in best ball because you should have some exposure but you think about the situation last year with Sky Moore and the Kansas City Chiefs you think about the situation last year with Gabe Davis and the Bills and how expensive he got you think about the enthusiasm surrounding Isaiah McKenzie at the you know right before the year started where he's rising up to be like a round 11 pick in best ball and it's not that you don't want to have exposure to these lead offenses but you have to remember that does in most cases still come back to the talent of the player in question. And while they're maybe going to have some touchdown upside in the elite offenses, if you're not a star yourself, it's difficult to command enough targets to be that impact player in fantasy if your draft position has risen so sharply because of the offense that all of that is already factored in. So as we're going through these drafts, both in dynasty and best ball, we're looking to find players who have a lot of additional upside that is not reflected in the price as opposed to the other way around. Again, that's not to say that Kincaid couldn't go off because he could, but we want to be price sensitive as we're moving through the draft of these different spots. So I I like the way that this played out. If we had the 111, I think it still would have been a conversation between Laporta and Mayer. Those are the next two guys for me. 
I did have some drafts where he took Zay Flowers in the 201. I think that that is a solid pick. I think that you're going to be able to flip Flowers at a certain point and probably at a mild profit, so I wouldn't be staying away from him. But yeah, I think this trade worked out nicely for us. And one of the things that it did was it got us a second piece. And then, Colin, as we move through the draft, round two had a lot of surprises. Mingo is the 204, Spears the five, Mims the six, Mayer the seven. So Mayer falls in this draft. That specific part of it wasn't necessarily a surprise. But then we have Jawan Johnson go with the 208. Now, this happens a little bit before the signing of Foster Moreau. So that probably wasn't factored in Johnson does have a path to potentially being an interesting player next year but I would guess that the value in most cases is going to be more really in the early fourth round so that moves a player down who is interesting Jaden Reed goes 209 he's somebody who is interesting in that range but fell to the early threes in most of my drafts don't don't spoil this pick maybe the listeners picked up on on what you said there but don't spoil that one sean we have to get into how the 210 wasn't our selection so the 210 colin doesn't want me to give away who it was one of the things is that it got pretty interesting here we might have like not wanted to do the trade if we had known that we were going to have so many good options at the 210 but colin at about the 205 we received an email trade offer you are in the portion of the day over there in ireland the portion where, of the night the portion of yeah. the day where i'm asleep or the or stark outside so which is called the nighttime is sleeping and we get a huge trade offer and i'm like well i mean this draft is going to continue to progress i've got to accept or decline this i would like columns feedback because it's a lot that we're giving up but i thought we had to do it column what was the blockbuster it was a blockbuster and i'm hoping that the listeners will feel that way too i actually had a dm after this from another drafter sean who we touched on one drafter who our manager who is in this league with us there's another ot listener in this league and they said that the message was how did you pull off that daylight robbery uh, to get this player so we had the 210 obviously sean mentioned this happened before we were on the clock 210, 211, both our selections there. We also have the 303 and the 305. We keep the 303, Sean, trade the 305, the 211, the 210, all three of those guys going for one Kenneth Walker of the Seattle Seahawks. We'll talk more about the Walker side in a minute. Those picks, though, they did turn out, and this is where I was pausing, Sean, they did turn out to be 210, Cedric Tillman, 211, Zach Evans, 305, Jalen Hyatt. And these picks and trades are fun to look back on when there's a name behind the player that was the pick so in the end up it is kenneth walker for tillman zach evans and jalen hyatt sorry i think i might have said wyatt the first time jalen hyatt when i woke up in the morning sean and you had said those three picks for that player i was like this is uh this is ideal specifically for this roster for that portion of the draft that we were in, I don't think we are finding ourselves a Kenneth Walker and a, a team that did need running back help. We do have DeAndre Swift. We had Raheem Mostert, Damian Harris, Antonio Gibson. We did add one more rookie running back who will be our next pick that we touch on. But to add Kenneth Walker and Sean's message was that we now have a championship roster. I think adding Kenneth Walker in here for those three picks was a fantastic decision. So all credit goes to Sean Siegel. Well, I'll... The, the value here, again, is 
not in trying to pull off some kind of amazing trade and certainly not trying to pull off some kind of highway robbery, but simply that if you have a lot of assets, then you have the flexibility to make a move, but also your co-managers or I'm sorry, the opposing managers are going to be able to see what you have and realize that what you have can help them. And so you receive trade offers, especially, and one of the things that's been kind of fun about this league is that we've been able to make a trade with about half the league already column since we joined it very recently. And so it's great to be in a league like this where people are willing to make moves with you. The the funny thing here is that the players you could have taken, and I think that those three players taken are very good players. So I think that the value of what, the opposing manager got for Walker, I think they have to be happy with. For me, if you take Rice instead of Tillman and you take Roshan instead of Zach Evans, I, I mean, I like Evans better as a talent. And I actually like his landing spot better. So when you say that, you're probably like, well, it seems like you actually do like Evans better there. There is at least some difference in where they were drafted. And Johnson being a priority early there on day three, as opposed to Evans continuing to fall deep into round six, then you have a situation where, I mean, that probably moves them. Really, either way you could go on those running backs. But if you put Rice in there, and so you get Rice and Hyatt for the picks, the funny thing here, Column, is I really like to make the rookie selections. I like to be able to move back off the picks individually as opposed to in a group. I like to move the trade value uh, and, and just the overall value of the roster, how that's represented in different types of pieces into the future years. And so <laughs> the funny thing is, because I like to make the picks, this trade actually came in with the 210, 211, and 303. And for whatever reason, I actually countered it <laughs> by moving the 303 to the 305. So that part was silly, but it was accepted. And may have felt silly, but when we talk about the 303, it may have been a. A very very worthwhile change well one of the things that we talk about too is that when you see receive a really good trade offer don't counter it you don't want to be that person who's like oh i just got this amazing offer let's see if i can get even more that really wasn't what i was trying to do here it was more of a emotional thing where you're like i want to have the fun of the picks and so but anyway that did work out like that we do have walker i i messaged you that it was a championship roster obviously that part a little bit silly as well but just you're excited about it the thing that makes it not necessarily a championship roster is that we have Swift and Walker as the two guys that you want to start at running back every week. And you know, what are the chances that those guys go through the season healthy? You know, very low, right? So you still need plenty of additional pieces. We're going to try to accomplish that as we go through. But call there the 212, Bigsby, 301, Josh Downs. That I think is an interesting pick, but we definitely see Downs supporters in that area of the draft. He's someone who went as high as the 204. He can obviously slide into the middle of round three. But when he went at the 301, then Rice is still there, one pick away from us. We did message JJ and his co-manager about trying to get at that one spot. We weren't able to do it. Rice does go at 302, and then Colin Moore on the clock at the 303. We are on the, the clock of the 303, and as Sean mentioned, partly thanks to the move uh, to counter with the 303 rather than the their for the 305 rather than the 303 so again i mentioned 305 was jalen hyatt we get to pick at the 303 and uh, it is a case that you know based on running backs going very early in this draft then 
from the mid-second round, there's two running backs that we touched on a second ago, and Evans and Bigsby do go at the back end of the second. But uh, Rushon Johnson, as the running back nine, drops to the 303, and it felt like that was just you know a strong spot to get him, usually going a little bit earlier in drafts. We did have a few offers in, Sean, but we, we stuck firm on that picket and made that decision based again on the roster and adding that little bit of depth to the running back position. Looking now at the, the change in picks, there's it's unlikely that he makes it to the, the 305. He could have done, but the, the drafter who did that trade with us took Jalen Hyatt at the 305. You did talk about potentially taking Hyatt over Johnson at that point, but how do you feel now that the dust has settled and, and we went the Johnson route, added that additional running back? And it felt like there's quite a, a tear break at that running back position after. And it's interesting to look through the rest of the draft and see after our pick, Chase Brown goes 311. Uh, Israel Abanakanda goes at the 402. This has the rookies in it. Jarek McKinnon, Sean, at the 4.5 is a, an interesting pick for season long and dynasty, but it's still it's still a, an interesting selection. But running backs really do fall off beyond that point in these, these rookie drafts. Happy with that Johnson pick? Yes, although, I mean, Hyatt was one of our favorite prospects pre-draft. I think going to the Giants and falling into round three, that part is pretty disappointing. If he even goes as high as a Mims, for example, then I think you are much more excited about it. The fit in an offense that has a lot of small wide receivers already. Now, we do think that Hyatt will be used in a very different manner than most of the other small receivers. And so from that perspective, it's probably not an overlap. But in an offense where they really appear to be constructing it in a way that their new extremely expensive quarterback, well, same quarterback, new contract, extremely expensive but as opposed to relying on him to win games, even with the new big contract, they want him to be in a situation where he's managing games. Are they going to really look to take the top off the defense with Hyatt in the way that he did against Alabama, you know, makes his big name, or is it going to be more situational deep shots at a volume that makes him really not playable? And so that contrast Again, if Hyatt blows up, I won't be surprised at all because we did think he was an undervalued prospect. It's also a situation here where you've got to keep yourself really focused on the individual league. One of the reasons to look at Johnson here as opposed to Hyatt is that in so many of my leagues, when I get to this point, we have so many wide receivers that it almost has to be a running back selection. You and I have good depth at wide receiver and maybe fewer fewer wide receivers with such wide ranges of outcome that we have to continue to add more and more our guys we would like to think we can probably count on whereas our running backs even though we have decent depth maybe not the case anyway we do go with the running back here i do like that pick i do think that one of the things with johnson especially when he's normally going in that 207 to 209 range and occasionally earlier but you say, well, that's it's still only really five or six spots that he's dropped here. But this is also a name where, because there was so much focus on his peripherals as a prospect, and because he's in an offense where even though 
you know, mentioned when they signed Deontay Foreman, that that meant the Bears actually now had the number one and number six running backs in terms of yards over expected in the way that the next-gen stats look at that. I mean, there are a variety of ways to, to do those calculations. But if you have two electric running backs already, you add a third guy into the mix, now you've just got this really complicated sort of morass as opposed to a situation where maybe you can emerge. At the same time, because Foreman is not particularly expensive because the starter there was not a high draft pick. If Johnson goes through the summer and he's one of these guys with a bunch of highlights, then I mean he could be traded for the equivalent of the 111, the 112 two months from now. When we're into this range of the draft, that's a huge consideration for us is which specific players and which types of profiles are likely to benefit from summer buzz and become more valuable those are the guys we're really looking at here i think that's a an awesome way to finish it up just the you know there's a little bit of strategy like that you'll hear from sean on these shows that i think people write into their notebooks to remember for future drafts and that's certainly one of them looking for the upside and not just thinking about picking these players and being able to hold them on your roster for the next five years it could be a case that these guys are moved on in the short term a bit like sean a prime example that being our situation with trail on Burks, we go from Waddle to Judy and Burks, and now we've moved on Burks. And it could be similar with some of these other players on our roster. And that's the way people should be kind of considering with their rosters as well. To have a run through what we have now post this portion of the draft, we still do have a couple of picks left, but they are in the later round. So we have Tua, we have Sam Howell, we have Matthew Stafford, we have Kenneth Walker, DeAndre Swift, we've added in Roshan Johnson, we have Antonio Gibson, Mostert, Damian Harris. DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, Rondell Moore, and we have George Pickens, Jameson Williams, Quentin Johnson, tight ends, Evan Ingram, Pat Fairmuth, Sam Laporta, and Isaiah Likely. Sean has also mentioned that you all have to cut these rosters back prior to the NFL season starting. We now have 20 players. We can keep that. That is how things look, Sean, as we continue to reanimate this team, turn it into the image that we want to have, and hopefully bring a championship home at the end of the season. If you are looking to get more content, we are going to have some more bonus content coming your way with Rotoviz OT over the weekend. Saturday, Saturday release planned for our BBM tree draft, my, myself and Sean's first co-managed draft of the year over at Baseball Mania. I said tree, it's four, Sean. I'm still working through, working through the, the little uh, intricacies of the new name of the contest. So used to last year's in BBM tree so many times, but Come back on Saturday, subscribe to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed. You'll get that once it is available. If you're looking for more content over at roadofhis.com, you can sign up using the promo code RVRADIO2023 at checkout. Save yourself 10% while signing up to a one-year NFL pass. Get all the great content up there from the entire team, like Sean, Blair, Curtis, Dave, the whole crew over there doing a fantastic job post-NFL draft. Michael Dudemer going to have a new underdog piece very shortly and we know that he is one of the best 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 ball minds in the industry so you'll want to check that out as well definitely and uh, i have been posting some of the evergreen best ball content up on the road of his best ball podcast feed i did some shows last year over there with connor o'driscoll some with michael as you mentioned and they are definitely ones to head over and check the ones that are going up at the moment are from the previous year because we intended them to be fully evergreen there with zachary kruger but do check out all of that subscribe as well to the road of his best ball podcast feed we'll have some more stuff coming out over there as well 
My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at over to Marlon. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. And until we are back with that bonus edition, hit the subscribe button. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.